to the Meaningful Marketplace. I'm Sarah Massoni from Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center, where I've helped countless dreamers launch their new food products. It's the science of taking a food delight from the kitchen to mass manufacturing and still keeping its great taste. That's what I do. I've been called the woman with the million dollar palate, although I haven't tried to cash that check yet. Listen in weekly for real life stories. Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce and author of Preservation Pantry, modern canning from root to top and stem to core. I love inspiring business owners to get started on their journeys, encouraging folks to be part of their local community, and I'm excited to help business owners tell their stories. Join us as we explore the journeys of women entrepreneurs in the food and beverage industry. Hello, and welcome to Missoni and Marshall, a meaningful marketplace. We're here weekly to discuss the journeys of food entrepreneurs. This is Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce. And Sarah Massoni of Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Good, good. Always glad to have a Friday pop up. I know. It's super fun. I um, had a really fun week this week because I got to meet with you even more than just Friday. That's right. We had a fun meeting at the Food Innovation Center. <gasps> that was so fun. It was it was really cool because, you know, I um, a lot of guests that we've had on the show were there with yeah. us. So we had a meeting um, to talk about going to the Winter Fancy Food Show. Yes. And I met some new buddies that I didn't know, which was cool. really exciting. So I wanted to kind of mention them on air just so people can find them. Very nice. So TMK was there. They um, they came on our show to talk right. about yep. their... Um, their cheese, but then I also got to try the alcohol. <laughs> they gave me that bottle. Uh, oh shoot, I left it in the fridge at work. I wonder if somebody stole it. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> it was really good. That was fun. That was uh, a great um, morning meeting. We got to try cow vodka, mm-hmm. uh, and then Momococo was there. They've been on the show. Keto Butter, who, who I had never yeah, met before. Aaron. He is so great, yeah. and I love his product. Uh, Jimmy Tomato, yep. Great Life by Lucinda, Oomph Cooking, mm-hmm. and then Drink Tarto was on the phone with us. We That's didn't get to right. try her stuff but yeah so we're all gonna go on this big road trip to san francisco together yeah in january we'll be at the moscone center uh january 19th through the 21st and we'll be having a great time i was thinking this morning that jessica can blend her tarta sparkling balsamic um seltzer with the alcohol Oh, that's such a good idea. I know. So I'm thinking they need to be next to each other, and then they'll step over and have some hot sauce. So it'll be like a party. cool them down. It's going to be a party. (laughs) Cool them down, heat them up. You know, Uh it'll be lots of fun. Well, I think that's super exciting. And you do these kind of adventures for everybody all the time, right? Try and do it twice a year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, it's very fun. Well, I'm excited to be part of it this time. I know. And I'm going to ask you a question before you move on. Sure. Um, Tell us a little bit about what's happening Saturday night. This is pretty cool. Cool. You got invited to be at the James Beard. I did. So um, there's a James Beard dinner that's going to be at the Nines Hotel. Mm -hmm. And so it is all um, James Beard awarded or nominated chefs from Portland. I am not one of those chefs, but I do get to make something for the dinner. So chefs love you. Well, I mean, we are a tight community here in Portland yeah, of makers and yeah, and chefs and people, and so it is a fundraiser for the James Beard Foundation. Oh, um, so we're going to be there with a the table, and I'm making some appetizers, telling the life story of a carrot. So nice. um, James Beard was really into food preservation and, yeah. and full use um, cooking, which is I think why I got 
invited to come be there. I saw the new, like a cool application for carrots on Instagram this week. Um, these folks that went to a completely vegan diet are using carrots instead of hot dogs. Oh, yeah. So they I've like roast the carrots mm-hmm. with all these fancy flavors and then they put them in a bun and put the toppings. It's such a good idea. You know, <laughs> a lot of our I guests that idea. are coming and talking about, you know, more of a plant-based um, diet. And so I think it's, it's really all cool that, that people are focusing on that. Mm-hmm. You know, being somebody who's at the farmer's market all the time, I'm pretty excited about yeah. people wanting to come get stuff from us. So it's wonderful. Yeah. So the dish I'm making is a, um, a slice of carrot, and then uh, I sous vide some carrot and miso and tamarind um, in, uh, uh, sorry, not tamarind, tahini. I'm thinking about your guys' sauces. Mm-hmm. Um, in, and, then, and then I'm doing carrot top pesto and then some swelled carrot seeds that are kind of like carrot caviar on the top. So it's all mm. veggie-based, but using yeah, from applications. stem to yep, whatever. Yeah, the whole darn thing. The whole carrot. <laughs> yeah, job, so it should be pretty fun, and I'm excited about it. I bought a really fancy dress because I've never been to. I thought it's you like might a wear it today. <laughs> I know. I'm going to come in in my sequin gown. I know. I was hoping. <laughs> no. I asked for no. like a preview, but I haven't gotten it I know yet. Sarah wanted me to send her pictures last night, but I did not. Um, yeah, well, thanks for asking. I'm pretty excited sure. about that event, and we'll see Proud how it goes. All. Good job. Thank you. I'll tell you about it when Mm we um, come back. Um, So I do have some food news to announce really quick. So Yana, one of our past guests, um, when she was on, she was telling us about those chocolate awards and she won. She won? Yeah. (gasps) So remember she was saying she had entered, but this was the world one. Yeah. So she won a bronze medal in the world for chocolate. Whoa. Yeah, so we that was the run Choco to the Award. store and buy all that chocolate up and then resell it on eBay for five times. And it was one of the <laughs> <laughs> It was one of the bars that we tried the rosemary and ginger walk into a oh, bar. One. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, so that's very exciting. Congratulations, Yana. We're super excited for you. Yes, proud. And then we have one food event happening this week we wanted to tell you about. It's the Olive Oil Festival at Durant Vineyards in Durant, Oregon. Yes. So um, that's going to be Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from 10 to 5. And Sarah, I saw that you had an olive tree and you were curing some of those olives yes, that came off of it. Yes, so my first year of olive tree, which was last year, I had three olives that I cured, mm-hmm. which I was like, oh, I can do this. So <laughs> all summer I was like counting my olives, and this year I harvest, harvested 28. That's great. That's and like so, mass um, production compared yeah. to last year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I had a huge increase in production, and um, it's all in a little jar on the counter, so working it. Very cool. I'll bring them in when yeah, they're done. Yeah, I would so love to try them. them. I'm excited. And um, if people come out to the um, olive oil festival, you can see them pressing olive oil. You can taste olive oils. You can get an olive oil um, leaf crown. And they also sell um, olive plants there that you can buy. So That's you can cool. I would say go like for it with the olive trees. They grow great. In yeah. the, I mean, my ours is going crazy in our yard. So. Yeah. It's pretty. I'm pretty excited for it. I'm headed there right after the show. So if you are a food entrepreneur and you have a press release or any exciting news for us to announce, you can submit those to us at startupradionetwork.com, and we will help you spread the word about events, new products, award, anything that you like. So we are joined in the studio today by two special guests. This is the first time that we've had all four of us crammed in here. Well, five, it's including Juan. And it feels good. I think it's going to be, we might go on a um, journey. It might get a little hot in here like a sweat lodge, but we're just going to go with it. 
We'll all start doing yoga. <laughs> Maybe. It'll be good for us. So we would like to welcome Catherine and Matt, the owners of Hot Sauce. Welcome, you guys. Good morning. Good Thank morning. you. Welcome. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for coming today. So our listeners can find you and follow along. Do you have any Instagram handles or websites or anything you want to tell them about? Sure. Our website is really simple. It's www.hossauce.com. The trickiest part is getting all the S's. So a lot of S's and O's in there. And our um, social media handles are Hoss underscore sauce. Yeah. And it's Hoss like H-O-S-S. Yeah. And, and then sauce, sauce like oh, S-O-S-S. Yeah. I didn't spell that right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, S-O-S-S. So, yeah, you know, awesome. I, I wrote it wrong. So I'm glad that you said that. <laughs> so everybody got it. H-O-S-S-S-O-S-S. Yeah. There cool. You go. It's like a sweet tongue twister. <laughs> well, since we're talking about the name, let's just ask really quickly how you decided to come up with that name. Yeah. Well, that's a great story. Um, well, let's see. In the kitchens that I work in, uh, my nickname has been Haas for a long time. Oh. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I was making Haas sauce, uh, my own sauces at different uh, events, and I would, you know, put uh, sticky tape on the bottles and write Haas sauce, S-A-U-C-E. And then okay. it's like, oh, I want to make this, do this company. And it was just a natural progression to make the sauce look like Haas. That's great. So I figure in another Run. 20 years, everybody will call hot sauce, hot sauce. Yeah. Just, hot sauce. It just flows a little we'll easier. Get, let's get it into a rap song or something, <laughs> like start sending it to folks. You just have to make it very cool. Yeah. I actually have a friend who did a rap song with, with the hot sauce. I'll nice. have to find that. Yeah. That's cool. So um, what kitchens have you worked in? You mentioned working in kitchens. Well, um, right now I teach culinary classes at uh, McNary High School in oh, Kaiser, Oregon. That's wonderful. And before that, I was working at uh, a kitchen in Costa Rica at a, a retreat center down there, as well as uh, up at a ranch up on the east side of Mount Hood. Mm. Uh, and then before that, I was the director of the Le Cordon Bleu program here in Portland. Oh. And How long did you do that for? Uh, I was the director for three and a half years, and then I taught there for seven years before that. That's a long wow. time. Mm -hmm. What made you leave? Uh, just wanting a new adventure. Yeah. Wanted to cruise around and, and do some fun stuff. You know, you come along in life and you're like, what do I really want to do? And all I could think of was, like, I really want to live in a tropical place. Oh. And so every year I had been going down to Mexico and Costa Rica, you know, to get out of the rain. And it was just like, oh, I should go move there. That's great. This seems like a good time since you mentioned Costa Rica. Let's tell our listeners about the trip that you guys have because it sounds so awesome. Let me find my notes here because I saw stories of butterflies, cheese, chocolate, pepper farm tours. It sounds pretty amazing. Can you tell us about it a little bit? Definitely. Yeah, we're super excited about this. Um one of the things that we love about our company is our flavors for our sauces, which we haven't talked about yet, are inspired by our travels and our love of international cuisine. And we did spend three seasons working at this retreat center in the mountains of Costa Rica. It's called Finca Mia. You can check it out at fincamia.com. It's beautiful, small, rustic, um, family-owned tucked up in the mountains. So we decided what better way to really be experiential with our hot sauce company than to take people down there with us and do a retreat. 
So we know not everyone wants to make hot sauce for four days. So we have incorporated some other foodie adventures. There is a dairy in the village that's been making cheese for generations. There is a local cheesemaker who does organic um, bean-to-bar chocolate, or local chocolate maker. Wow. So cheese, chocolate. There's a guy making craft beer now down there. And then I'll let Matt tell you about Becca, our friend with the pepper farm. So uh, the next door neighbor, or almost the next door neighbor, uh, Becca has her own hot sauce company in Costa Rica. She's been down there for about 15 years. She grows 36 varieties of peppers, and she grows heirloom tomatoes, I think 40 different varieties. And so we teamed up with her and asked her if she would want to plant some peppers for us and do a tour of her farm. And she said, heck yeah. So she just planted the 36 peppers for our retreat. uh, So they'll be ready in March. Mm. And she has a little hot sauce production uh, building down there. So we're going to use that. And guests will be able to come down, tour the farm, taste the different levels of uh, peppers uh, that are there. And then I'll work with them to help develop a recipe. So we'll make that uh, hot sauce and bottle it. And then we'll eat delicious hot sauce and good food for the rest of the time. That sounds so awesome. And how many people can come on this adventure with you? Are you guys booked up or what? Well, we still have some spaces left. We're going to cap it at like 10 to 12, including us, I think, just to keep it small and cozy. Um, And then the dates are March 20th through 24th. It's basically a long weekend adventure. So we'll all meet up in San Jose on Friday, March 20th. And then it ends 9 a.m. on Tuesday, the 24th. And we did it that way so that people could either tack on a before adventure in Costa Rica or an after adventure um, and do the coast and stuff and the volcanoes. And it's family friendly. Kids are welcome. All the info is on our retreat page on hotsauce.com. That's great. And we also wanted to offer a special promo code for listeners. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you remember what we set up? Oh, man. What was it? I can't remember. (laughs) All right. If you go to our website, there's a button on our retreat page to pay your your deposit. It's a $500 deposit. So for listeners of the Meaningful Marketplace podcast, we have set up a discount. You'll save $250 on your deposit with the promo code PODCAST250. So podcast 250, and we're extending that all the way through January 2nd. So you have plenty of time through the holidays if you want to purchase gifts for friends and family to go with you and make hot sauce and explore Costa Rica. Just use the promo code podcast 250, and you'll save 250 on your uh, retreat booking. Very cool. That's well, um, Yeah, that's so awesome. Thank you for doing that for our listening buddies. And we'll um, post that information on our Instagram and Twitter and stuff so yeah. people can find it. And we'll link you guys that's in it. That's cool. That sounds really exciting. Are you guys excited for the trip? Heck we yeah. can't wait. It's been a little while. It's in two, 2017 since oh. I've been in Costa Rica. So I'm ready to get yeah. back down and yeah. you know enjoy the jungle and the beaches. Packing and... our bags. It sounds really fun. <laughs> that sounds very fun. And did you both live in Costa Rica or did you just live there? When you worked at the center? We both lived there. So we went down there in 2014. We sold all of our stuff and moved to Costa Rica together. Yep. Cool. And uh, we were in northern Costa Rica and uh, doing like the teaching English as a foreign language program. Like, what are we going to do down here? And uh, then uh, this place, a friend of mine, uh, actually who owns Portland Culinary Workshop here in town, Mm. told me about this guy who has a retreat center and they're sometimes looking for... Uh, a chef, 
And uh, so I wrote to him, and he said, yeah, come check it out. And uh, it was a really, like, synchronistic kind of flow, the way this all happened, which is a pretty long story. But Catherine actually was traveling in Hawaii and happened to run into those very people. Oh, it was crazy. We didn't, Serendipitous. We didn't, yeah, we didn't like know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. everything we, aligned. Yeah. We didn't know them at that time, and she was like, "Oh, do you know uh, you have a retreat center?" And they're like, "Oh yeah." And he's, she's like, "Oh my, uh, you know, Matt applied for a place down there." And they're like, "Oh yeah, that guy, that guy who was like the director of Le Cordon Bleu. We really wanted to come down." And yeah. <laughs> so anyway, it was just a pretty synchronistic uh, uh, happening awesome. or serendipitous uh, happening. So we ended up there and. And uh, we were there for a good five months the first year. It's just nice to sit out in the jungle and I bet. relax. Yeah, and, it sounds yeah. awesome. So Every, they have really good um, pictures and links on their website, too, so you guys can see the the center because it looks amazing and it looks like there's a lot of fun to be had so everybody should go check it out for sure. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about your sauce flavors. So you have how many different flavors? We have three different flavors. Nice. We've got uh, a Korean style. Uh, we call it bibim, but it's based on bibimbap. Mm. Uh, we've got a uh, Mexican flavor that's guajillo, which is a dried mirasol pepper. Uh, so it's tomato-based and roasted onions and garlic and honey and uh, a lot of good, delicious flavors. And then we have uh, the tamarind, which is a Thai style with toasted sesame oil. Yeah, it's got that tangy tart mm. tamarind and, uh, and then the habanero pepper that kind of follows up so it's a little bit hotter than the other two yeah but we all of our sauces are really kind of mellow heat Uh, that's good yeah we wanted a lot of good flavor and then you know a little kick of heat on the back end cool Cool. can we try some heck yeah Sarah, have you you've never met these guys before, right? No, I'm like enamored by them. (laughs) Sitting here looking at me going, whoa! I'm so glad. Usually. I don't know the people, and Sarah does, because they've come through the Food Innovation Center. But this time, it's the opposite. Yeah, but well, I can tell you one thing. Well, two things. One, when I just graduated from college, I tried to go to the Cordon Bleu, but I didn't get to. And two, the Food Innovation Center bought a bunch of equipment from there. Oh, good. So I may have a pan that you have touched. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. So we're connected that way. So where should we start with our tasting journey? Well, Matt did some cooking last night in preparation for the podcast this morning. So he made um, some pork wontons in our kitchen at home and a green chili chicken empanada. Mm. So the wontons will be excellent with the bibim. The empanada is perfect with the guajillo. And then we brought some umqua vanilla ice cream because our favorite trick is to serve the tamarind sauce on vanilla ice cream. It's actually a really yummy combination. So Sarah will um, love that one. I will love that one. (laughs) You guys probably don't know this about her, but she's an ice cream lady. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, if you want to try them. Yeah, let's just try them. We'll try them and talk about them. Perfect. They look beautiful. little squeeze bottles. I'm assuming these have uh, wheat. Um, yeah, so uh, okay. the, the empanada is gluten-free. The wontons gluten do have free. a wheat wrapper, but okay. all of our sauces are gluten-free. Ah. So, um, you know, if you just want to try it on a spoon. Yeah, I'll whatever Sarah it. can't try, I'll try. Okay. She can have it all. <laughs> I, can, I can do it all. all I right, do want it. If this is gluten-free, I'm going for it. Yeah, go for it. Awesome. And then here's the guajillo. Okay. So however you want to 
So I'll just take that. some of this, and okay, this is excellent. the one that goes with it? Yep. Okay. And here's some napkins. Thank you. I don't know if you guys normally eat in the studio. We totally <laughs> do. We do. I, so okay. that's the thing. This morning, these guys were texting me, like, we're going to um, bring a little stove and heat some stuff up. And I was like, oh, I forgot to tell you. We're in a tiny studio. It's not like a, a stove. Um, yeah. Well, you know, the thing about chefs is that they always want to be cooking something. So yeah. they wanted to come in and put on a cooking show for us. But I was like, oh, no, we're in a little tiny room. Mm. Bucket list studio with kitchen. I know, right? You guys are giving us good uh, ideas. <laughs> we thought it'd be so nice to hear like the sizzling wontons mm-hmm. in the pan. And yeah, mostly we, people just get to hear us chewing. Yeah, right. there's a lot of there's a lot of mouth sounds on our radio well, that show. That still makes people hungry. I think, so nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. All right, Sarah, yeah. what are you? Which one are you trying? I'm having the empanada with the guajillo. Okay, I'm gonna do the it's same. Very tasty. So I can talk to you about it at the same time. Mm-hmm. So that guajillo's got tomatoes in it and roasted onions and the guajillo peppers and some uh, roasted jalapeno and some cayenne pepper to give it a little bit more of a kick and uh, honey and garlic. So it's really flavorful. It's like, a, you know, I want to cook with my sauces, not just put them right on top of my tacos. So I like to use that sauce as like a chili base, as a soup base. It's um, complex. Has yeah. a beginning, a middle, and an end, which I always like. Yeah, I, I have like this one in my fridge from when you guys came over. We had a, a hot sauce party and invited all of our local makers. And um, the, uh, you're right. This is the one that I use, like, if I need to just add something to, like, a soup. I've added it to chicken tortilla soup. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. So it just gives it a lot of flavor, but it's not so spicy. It's so savory, I love it. Even. It's really nice to use to just have a little to dash in things. Mm-hmm. It's a good breakfast sauce. We talk about it a lot for like eggs and breakfast burritos and that kind of thing. Sarah, I'm going to try the one you can't try, which yeah. is or so you, you need can't the, try the um, I'm going to try that on a corner of the empanada. Yeah. Once or, you're done. Right. Okay. okay. I was going to say we have some spoons too. The, the yeah. bibim has a little fish sauce in it and lime and uh, toasted sesame oil and uh, tamari soy sauce, so we keep it gluten free. Um, yeah, good for all your stir fries. I'm trying to make sure I don't squirt it all over my outfit, which usually happens. <laughs> I spill a lot on myself in the studio. Uh, which one's your favorite? Go ahead. People always ask us that when we're doing demos and events, mm-hmm. and I always say, well, it depends on what I'm eating at the time. I really love all of these sauces. I eat them all the time at our house. Um, the bibim mm. started out as my favorite. It's I would just so good. slice an avocado and drizzle the bibim and put some roasted cashews in the middle and eat that for a snack. So good. Um, it's just so rich and really a unique flavor that I haven't found in any other sauces. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I use the guajillo all the time because I'm a big rice and bean person. I'll eat that all the time at our house. Um, and then the tamarind, like if we're doing rice noodle bowls or a stir fry or I have some leftovers and I just want to add some yummy flavor. I love the tamarind. I don't do high heat, and I always tell people we started our hot sauce company because we like hot sauce, but all the sauces we brought home were a little too hot for us yeah. to really put much on and or cook with and stir fry with. So, um, yeah, we keep the heat really well balanced. It kind of creeps in on the back end, and yeah. Uh, <clears throat> a couple of years ago, we uh, smoked a turkey for Thanksgiving. That's mm. becoming kind of our tradition now. At least one bird gets smoked. And we brushed it with, my cousin brushed it with the B-Bim all day long. And oh so at gosh. the end of the day, it just had this really thick glaze over the top of it. It was so good. It's mm. just has that good, savory, umami kind of 
flavor. I love a good smoked turkey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the tamarind would be good for that, too. If you'd like to try the tamarind on ice cream, I Okay, let's just squirt some on there yeah. and give it a <laughs> shot. spoon over there. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, we served this at Feast here picture. in Portland oh, yeah. recently, and we actually used Kate's. It's a um, new local vegan ice cream brand because this is our vegan flavor. So, But this morning, we just went with a local cow ice cream <laughs> it's good on good on both maybe okay. it would be good with that alcohol you guys were yeah. talking about I'm pretty sure this <laughs> would go with the cocoa yeah what it's is really that cool. about so they make Still it out you. of the way from so they make cheese and they make the vodka out of the way uh, from the where do the spoons go uh, oh, I have them all over here. Migrated. Okay. You we can go. tell which mine, one's mine because it's got <laughs> lipstick all over it. So that one's not mine. Okay. <laughs> here you go. Don't let that. I got it. You. I got okay, this. Okay. Okay. Yeah, here I'll, we go. I'm going uh, in for the ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> mm. So it's almost like a spicy caramel. You know, the tamarind is in a base of toasted sesame oil, so mm. it makes it really rich and nutty. Some people think oh, it's a yeah. peanut sauce, but it's there's no peanut in this flavor. It's all toasted sesame. Little and then, kick um, in the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's the habanero kind of kicking in there at the end. Mm. Um, and the agave and the syrup gives oh, it yeah. that sweetness. Sweetened oh, yeah. only with agave syrup. So, yeah, I like that one. Short oh, ingredient. We're going to take a quick commercial break and then we'll come back and talk more about hot sauce. Oregon State University's College of Agricultural Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are proud sponsors of the Meaningful Marketplace. Committed to serving all Oregonians with the mission to advance the science that lives at the crossroads of conservation and production. We are inspired by the creativity of food innovation, new economic opportunities, and new experiences. Because food brings people together. And we're back. Yeah. <laughs> we just took a quick break after trying their wonderful sauces. And I have in my hands a little gift box. Is this um, out yet and ready? Or is this something you guys are working on? That is a work in progress. Mm-hmm. It should be out and ready by December 5th in time for um, a lot of our holiday events. So we've been working on a gift box since July. Mm-hmm. So what is this, November? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have many, many prototypes of gift boxes at our house now. And so we just sent, we're supposed to get the final proof today for the label for that and we thought of one more change at 11 o'clock last night so we're waiting on the graphic designer to do that we'll send that back and then hopefully be good to go so it's going to be fully printed and nutrition on the back and everything awesome that that is not as easy a process as people sometimes think coming up with um, specific packaging for your product and for your bottles so you guys have these um, you know unique shaped bottles so Mm -hmm. you have to have something made and that's something that we talk about sometimes on the show Because um, it usually takes people a little while before they can do that. So it doesn't come like right off the bat to be able to have this beautiful gift pack. You kind of have to have the money to be able to get it is how it worked for us. So um, how did you guys go about picking who was going to do your gift pack and what that process was going to look like? Um, Well, in the beginning, uh, we were like, oh, well, we need to get, you know, pricing from different companies. And we started that process and... 
we just kept on going down the hole of like digging around trying to find what we wanted. And so we found uh, the look that we wanted, uh, but then the sturdiness of the box wasn't what we wanted. Mm. You know, So there's that piece. Because you have to think about shipping glass yeah. and keeping it intact and looking lovely. Yeah. yeah. And you got to think about people picking it up off the shelf. And mm-hmm. is it, if, does it, if it feels a little flimsy, you know, there's a... Uh, 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 you know, that's going to put a little thought in somebody's brain, I think, you know, versus picking up something that feels solid. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we had to think about that. So you went with corrugated. So we went with corrugated. Good choice. Um, uh, and then we started thinking about the label, and that was a whole process, and we had to go through a whole learning process of what's available. Mm. Um, we didn't realize that. You know, a lot of those boxes that look like it's printed right on the box is actually a sticker that's over the box. The first guy who told us that were like, "That's not a sticker. That's yeah. there's no way." That's like, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh yeah, that's like a sticker that they print out on the uh, and like put on the whole label." Yeah, litho label, right? Hmm. So we were trying to decide. Well, do we go with the litho label? That's a little more expensive, and then we have to decide um, uh, if we want. What's the? I can't even think of the name of the plates that they have to make to do mm. the printing. And yeah. yeah, so a lot oh, of yeah. time when you get anything, if it's a label or the bo- a box, if anything is custom about your bottle or your boxes, which it is for you guys, you have to then pay for a plate. And so that can We're get multiple very expensive. Plates. And then if you ever make a change, like you change your address, which I did, then you have to get all new plates because right. you, they have to put a new zip code mm-hmm. on there. So it, it gets a little tricky and challenging, but I think it's good to put out there for people that that does take time and to take your time to do it because yeah. you want to make the right decision. You really have to because we, we made this last minute change last night and we got an email right. We looked at it right before coming into the room here that said, by the way, you know, we paid for the first proof of that for you guys to check out but now that you're making this change you're going to have to pay for that proof to, to see it so Whoa. it's like ah oh, you know you really just money. have to th- yeah it's money it's an extra dollar here whatever mm-hmm. and it all adds up and so you really have to take the time to think about it last night we were taking a walk and, and we were talking about our bibim sauce and the name because people who don't know Bibimbap are like, what's this Bibim or Bop Bop or Bebop or whatever. And we're like, bim, this bam. is, yeah, Bim Bam. So, you know, we really, we didn't think too much about the names in the beginning. We're just like, oh, that's it. This is it. Um, and uh, you just have to take the time and think through everything. Yeah. That's well, one thing I was going to ask you guys is that, um, you know, your sauces are based on your travels. So you know what all of the things are in these sauces. But do you have to educate people sometimes on what they are? Absolutely. Especially the Bibim. So what Matt was referring to is we're going to change that name in 2020 to Bibim Bob. We just haven't wanted to tackle that hurdle yet with all the things that go with yeah. officially changing the name of a product. So we decided at the last minute to change the name on the box and so it can, yeah. You don't want to print 1,500 boxes with something on them that you know is going to be outdated in six months. So, But, yes, we do a lot of education, especially for the for the Bibim because the name isn't readily apparent. And then the Tamarind, um, people aren't always, they're like, we get a lot of people saying, what is is tamarind. I don't yeah. even know what that is. Or they associate uh, tamarind with Mexican candy. Yeah. Well, you yeah. can go and buy a tamarind pod at New Seasons and just crack it open and put it in your mouth. Oh, right. We should people have that on our that. stand at the farmer's market. Yeah, people yeah, so eat tamarind. In fact, I was what it is. cleaning out the pockets of my jacket and I was like, hey, what's this thing? And I looked at it and I'm like, oh, it's a tamarind seed. <laughs> it's almost like a special little dark brown rock. I have a question for you about your process approval. 
are you manufacturing yourselves and did you go through the Better Process Control School and then have your product approved by the State Process Authority? We did not do that. So okay. we, we knew from the beginning that we weren't going to be manufacturing our product okay. in, in our kitchen. We, for the first six months or, or so, we did it out of our kitchen and we had to get um, you know certified kitchen through the so ODA. Before we had our dog. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, but then we spent the first year looking for a co-packer uh, okay and the co-packer did all those things for us oh that's great yeah we didn't know what that word meant to begin with oh you're Matt like what the first he looked for bottling equipment to simplify the process and then we learned about co-manufacturing and co-packing and i don't know it seemed really seems like there's a lot more transparency just in the three years since we started making saws because we felt like we were just knocking around in the dark trying to find these co-packers oh, at that time. Oh, gosh, you should have well, come to the Food Innovation yeah, we Center. Didn't yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't know about the, um, t- what is it called, Time to Market? Yeah, like program. there's yeah. a Getting the Recipe to Market program, right, but we right. also have meetings with folks one-on-one at the Food Innovation Center and hand out whatever information people need to get started. If only we had known. But that's okay. <laughs> we, we found our way, and then we yeah. found out about you. <laughs> so we do use a co-packer now. That's great. And yeah. do you, is, are they in Salem, too? Because that's where you guys are based. They're in Lake Oswego. We work with Paradigm Food Works. Oh, Paradigm. Yeah. yeah. I miss how the kitchen smelled when Matt was making all of our sauces at home. It smelled so good. Like, I'm sure. Yeah. My, that's the story of my life. Uh, if you guys come over and smell me right now, I smell like barbecue sauce. Nice. I am positive. <laughs> it's just yeah. the way I live. Yeah, that's great. And, and choosing a co-packer and, and going through that process is pretty interesting, too, because... You know, the kitchen always smelled like roasted tomatoes and roasted onions and beautiful smells. But when you go to a co-packer, depending on where you go, it's going to change. You know, you as a chef have got to really kind of adjust your brain to what the co-packer has the capability to do or what they're willing to do. Was that hard for you to, to go with? A little bit, but I... Also, that's what the way I wanted to go. So I wanted to see, like, well, what, you know, what can we do? I wasn't like, oh, my God, this is not going to work and go storming out of the kitchen. I just said, okay, well, what can, what can we do? And we spent some time in R&D figuring out, like, how our recipe would change. And, and uh, you know, because their, their time is money, you know. So Yeah, is Dave still there? He is not He's there. Excited. He hasn't been there for a while. Oh, okay. Um, but I, I think he's still associated, but okay. just taking a little break. I see. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing we quickly learned is, you know, when you get every all the ingredients when you do the R&D, you're in a little saucepan, and then mm-hmm. you scale up to, like, a 100-gallon bat or whatever. And if the taste is a little one way or the other way, sometimes you just have to go with it and be like, well, this is what this batch is going to be. And it's gotten more and more consistent, and we're happy with it. But I remember at first thinking, oh, wow, these are quite a bit different than our original recipes at home, but just based on what they can source. And when you scale up, you know, certain flavors have more um, – they're more pronounced than when you're in the little saucepan and stuff. It's just been a learning experience for us, mm-hmm. but we're, yeah, it's going really well. You do have to let go a little bit mm-hmm. and just yeah. be like, okay, you know. It's kind of like how far from the gold standard are you willing to go? And you have to have like a, a series of flavors that are acceptable around that perfect sauce. That's mm-hmm. a good way to, yeah. Yeah. People ask us some time about, sometimes about co-packing, like, well, you know, how is that? Are you, do you love that? And I said, well, it's a trade-off. Like, do you want to spend a lot of your time in the kitchen making your own sauces and being hot and doing the bottling and everything? Or do you want to let go of a little bit of the control? And, you know, of course, there's going to be a few hiccups along the way figuring it yeah. out. But 
it's good fit for us because we didn't want to be making sauce all the time at our kitchen. I think it's awesome that you, so <laughs> you, you can do that. So Matt is a culinary instructor. Are you working, Catherine? Yeah, I manage a business actually for I'm not a chef. I'm chef by association. No, I'm the hot sauce taster. But the folks that we worked with in Costa Rica have a family business in Salem, Oregon. It's a oh. self-storage facility. Okay. So I am the resident manager there. And that really helped us launch our hot sauce business because we basically have a free place to live. It's part of the package. Oh. So it enabled us to kind of funnel all of our money into making plus hot sauce storage. for the first couple of years. Yeah, right. What? Yeah, plus storage. You got a right? warehouse yeah. right there. <laughs> That's right. That was, that was going to be uh, the name of our sauce for a little while was like Unit 163 yeah. or something like that. Like, I think a lot of people have stored their stuff in yeah. storage units, so you're not alone. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's cool. good. So I do that three days a week, and I do sauce seven days a week. <laughs> yeah. Seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Is it hard for you guys to find balance between your sense? I mean, we talk about this a lot because we are all in these relationships with our partners, but then also have businesses together. So is it hard for you guys to find balance or? You. Interesting. Um, <laughs> no comment. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just I think we do it. really well. I do Honestly, think, I don't I think, think many do couples well. can, I don't think every couple can thrive in that kind of home work environment where like you run a business together. It is not easy. We We have had to come to a place over the three years of running a business together versus being romantically involved. We're married now. Um, but to say like, okay, if you were my professional business partner and not my significant other, I would probably not speak to you in this way about this matter. You know, you get really heated and you're mm -hmm. like really invested in your point of view on this subject and it's your partner, you know, who you know inside now. So I think you treat them a little differently than if it was your professional colleague. So yeah. we've had to you know, step up a little bit and be like, all right, like, you know. Well, at some point we really had to divine, uh, define our roles oh, yeah, and yeah. say like, okay, <clears throat> that's you, know, important. you are this person to the business and you are this person to the business. Yes. And ultimately your decisions are the, the go-to on, on that issue. Yeah. Like, so I'm the, I stay out of the kitchen. Yeah. So <laughs> now I do all the kitchen things and I do, do the co-packing uh, things and, and I'm working on sales, uh, which is a challenge uh, for somebody who's used to being in the back of the house in the kitchen. Yeah. And uh, Catherine has taken up sort of the front of the house stuff, the the social media and the, and a lot of the business operations. And mm -hmm. uh, so just defining those roles, but they're still, yeah. we're still working that, that stuff out and figuring it out. That's how it is for Dirk and I, except for we're the opposite. Uh. So, so I do the recipe stuff and, um, and he does like all of the social media things and packaging and shipping and but also does the sales because it is hard to go like I, I don't like to be in front of everybody because I think when you're making the stuff or you've made these recipes, it's you're a little bit too connected to it. So sometimes if somebody says something like. Um, this isn't my favorite or something yes. like that. Then I'm like, why am I even doing this? Like, what am I doing? And no. so, but Dirk, on the other hand, can just like be like, oh, if that's not for you, like try this one. Like he's so good at like uh, coming back around, like his, his really over. resilience is a little bit stronger How could you not ours. understand that these flavors, <laughs> I've spent so much time. It's like, part what of do me. you mean I made that with my own oh. hands? <laughs> it's yeah. so true. It's so hard not to take it personally. Like, yeah. Yeah. 
but you have to just remember. Back. I mean, we have one woman I remember. I always use this example. She tried our bibimbap sauce once at a farmer's market, and she made this patient. Ugh. And then she said, that tastes like I licked the bottom of a shoe. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's wow. a positive for, yeah. for one, How would you know what that tastes like? <laughs> the fish sauce doesn't resonate with everyone. It has Some a little people fishy are note. Really, yeah, they'll really pick up on that, yeah. that, you know. But it's just funny. And then other people, like the next person that will come up, be like, oh, this flavor is so amazing. I've never yeah. had, you know. So you just can't take it personally. You just got to yeah. let it go. It's exciting. I was going to say, too, when you guys said that there's people that don't always understand the flavors, that happens no matter what. So our flavors will be very simply exactly what it is, you know, habanero, carrot curry. We're just telling people what's in it. That's yeah. that's it. Yeah. But people still will be like, they'll say something like habanero coconut curry. And then they'll be like, you can really taste the coconut. Oh, yeah. like, oh, I love it. Nah, man, there's no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or they just won't know in the in that reference they'll know what the thing is but the way that they see the words together they mm-hmm. it, it doesn't click with their brain so don't feel like yeah. it's just your stuff that's the way it goes even if it is very clear what it is it's just people reading and interpreting is always a little bit different i saw on your website that you <clears throat> give funds to the humane society yeah can you tell us about that Absolutely. So we adopted our dog, Buddy, who shows up a bit in our social media feeds. He has his own Instagram also called Buddy the Crusher, if you'd like to follow him. Buddy the Crusher. So we adopted him from the Humane Society two years ago, and um, he was a hospice adoption. And they told us he was nine at the time, but now we think maybe he was younger. (laughs) And he just looked really, really haggard. Um, And we were just so impressed by their work. Mm -hmm. They spent three months kind of rehabilitating him and getting him to an adoptable place. He had to have surgery on both of his eyes and he had to have a large mast cell tumor removed. He's prone to those. That's why he was a hospice adoption. So we went in there and his skin um, had a big infection. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's right. And under his chin was like bleeding. He was a mess. This poor poor little little guy. guy. Yeah, but he just really rebounded. He's really healthy now. But after we saw what they did, I didn't realize they could do surgeries and spend that much time with an animal, especially an older dog like him. Mm -hmm. So um, we pretty right away decided that was going to be the charitable arm of our hot sauce company. And so we do 1% or more of all of our profits. We donate to them and then we'll do events and like donate our profits. Like they do a Willamette, Willamette strut Every summer and mm-hmm. food and truck frenzy. Bowser and, Boo Bash. Oh, yeah. We donate oh. to their Halloween fundraiser and stuff. So, yeah, we were just saying the other day we'd like to start going over and um, volunteering in person a little more, which is busy. But, yeah, they're a fantastic animal shelter. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really cool. Love the pups. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. Cats are cool, too, but the dogs. Cats <laughs> rule. Dogs drool. <laughs> he, he is a drooler. He's a bulldog. So. <laughs> We like to talk a little bit about distribution. So once once you guys pick up the sauces that you've had made, where do you how do you get them to people? How do you get them to places? So we uh, use a few different routes to do that. Uh, One, just us. So and that was the way it started, just driving around and dropping off sauce and knocking on doors. And but we don't even pick up our sauce anymore, right? We have a delivery from the co-packer. Yeah. So uh, we um, we use. Uh, beeline in town nice. so they use uh, bicycles to deliver uh, the product and so we discovered them when we were approaching new seasons to uh, get on the shelves there and um, 
So now we just store our product there too. Once it's um, once it's made at our co-packer, it gets delivered to Beeline and it's stored there. We use uh, through Market of Choice. They've got a what's called a Mojo program, and that's for local vendors. And we really, really like the support that uh, Market of Choice gives to local local companies. And mm-hmm. uh, so the Mojo program does involve us as a distributor. We we have to drop off at their Belmont store here in Portland but then they'll take it to whatever store around the state it needs to go to. Did you work with John Boyle at Mar- Yay. We Yeah, did. we yeah, love John's John Boyle. Great. He's a rock star. Yay, John! Yeah, yeah he's, he's so amazing. Great. He even you? sent us a picture one one night of him using our sauce. Oh, uh, like uh, pork chops or something. Yeah. It's yeah. very nice. He's, yeah. he's yeah. thoughtful. So supportive. Mm-hmm. And then we, uh, you know, we wanted to get into Fred Meyer, mm-hmm. and we realized that um, kind of the only pathway to do that is through a larger distributor. And Did uh, you so go to Ohio? We did not go to Ohio. Okay. Uh, we went uh, to, D- well, I had called, uh, I was looking at DPI, okay. and I called um, a woman in California, because I didn't realize they had a local distribution uh, uh, place here in Tualatin, and she directed me to um, Tualatin. Tualatin. Mm-hmm. And actually, now that I think about it, around that same time, we came to the Food Innovation Center and did an event there. Oh. And um, I had been in contact with Erica, Gibson at DPI, and um, she was at that event at oh, the Food Innovation Center, huh. and so introduced herself. And we went in, and um, it just a lot of this stuff is so coincidental, and just the right timing and the right place at the right time. And uh, it happened to be the next day that their account executive was going in to talk to Fred Meyer. Boom! I passed on the sauces. He went, and they said, "Yeah, this, that'll work." And uh, so they picked us up, and um, now, you know, it's an adventure there, too. It took, you know, a good six months before we could get on the shelf, or maybe even longer. And uh, uh, we were on a little standalone, four-sided, sh- like, local product shelf there, but that's being eliminated, and so we're back off the shelf now and mm. sort of in, just in waiting to see. And, and during the holidays, you know, nobody wants to talk about product placement or anything yeah, like too that busy. too busy and so we've just got to kind of wait until uh january february to to kind of say well what's going to happen can we we get it so dpi always has an enormous booth at the fancy food show and you should be able to ask them if you can go and be in that booth Great. Oh, yeah, we Good should do know. that. Thank you. It's, do a, that for it's sure. a good way for smaller people like us to be part of those bigger yeah. events because mm-hmm. then you don't have to absorb that whole cost. You can oh, go on yeah. someone kind of, I call it piggybacking, but yeah. that's what I do for mm-hmm. any of those big food shows. Just try to so go expensive. with somebody else. Yeah, yeah, they're so expensive and yeah. it's hard to swing it. Like yeah. when you can spend that money on making product that you can sell, that's what we've always done. Yeah. So yeah. Right. we kind of have to make those choices a lot. Yeah. Right? Plus you're it, paying them a percentage to represent you, right? And that's just one of the perks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And that's the other thing we're, you know, we're looking at is like the tabletop, they call them tabletop meetings and, mm-hmm. you know, the travel to go to those things and the cost and, you know, you have to figure out how to, how to come up with that money and, and get to those meetings. So yeah. that you, and so then you start thinking about, well, you know, how much debt should I go into to do these things? Like, mm-hmm. you know, we're trying to, to do this all ourselves and, and not, borrow money and and you know we got a line of credit to kind of work with and but we don't want to get you know we don't want to get a lot of money from an investor really unless it's like you know 
we're going to go forward like hardcore and, and make this happen. Mm-hmm. I, we're, you know, we try to decide what is the better route, like get a big investment or try to get a big investment or just continue to bootstrap and, and build it slowly over time. Bootstrap and build yeah, slowly. Yeah, I think yeah. that's what I would say too. I think you get to make your own decisions that way and yeah. you don't the other way. And I, I mean, I know you guys well enough to know that you are who you are and you want to make decisions yourself. And so I think that 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 would be the right way for you to go mm-hmm. is just keep doing what you're doing even mm-hmm. though it gets tough sometimes <laughs> yeah, you can yeah. do it though yeah. then you the fire. yeah then you get to make your decisions yourself which i think is really important so we are almost out of time i just uh-huh. wanted to see if you have any advice for anybody or any final words for our listeners who may be thinking about starting a business Wow. Um, so much advice. Let's see. We've learned so much in three years. I would say if you feel really passionate and inspired and you believe in your product, just go out there and give it a shot. Even if after two years you decide, oh, this is what this reality is like. Okay, that's cool. I did it. That was my dream. And now I'm going to go do something else. Because mm-hmm. honestly, like once you get into it after two or three years, I think you start to really get a sense of like, oh, this is what this is. Like, oh, distribution, marketing, like you know, so, um, but it's really fun. We have loved being based in Salem, Oregon. That's mm. a really small, tight-knit community of entrepreneurs and businesses. Yeah. Um, and that's just so fun to have a small business and be a part of the Farmers Market Association down there and know other local business owners. And anyway, super fun. Did yeah. you know they have a demonstration kitchen in one of the city buildings? Oh, no. With classroom? You should look into it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Check yeah. out, find out who the economic development people are right now yeah, and connect with them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll talk to them. Yeah. I mean, I same thing Catherine said, like just starting your own business has been something that I never really thought about. And, uh, you know, I'm in my late 40s and it's like, oh, this is a whole new world that is super cool. Like, I love connecting with people and I feel a real sense of pride doing it. It feels good. So, yeah, if you have a thought process, I mean, there's so much help out there once you start opening the doors. There's so many people to help and talk to. And in our community, in the food community, you know, everybody has been so helpful and, and open, and, and we've really loved to be part of that. I guess my number one piece of advice, if it's a food business, you should start by talking to the Food Innovation Center. <laughs> <laughs> we could have sped it up by a whole year. If yeah, we had no. That's what I tell people. I'm like, if you would have come here first, probably save a year. Oh, seri- yeah. Seriously, yeah, that's, it's true. that's okay. We would have saved a year. We'll yeah. be there for a long time. <laughs> people can come and visit. All right, you guys. Well, it was so good to have you here and hear your story. And we like to send people directly to you. So other than your website, do you have any events or places people can go to buy sauce just from you? We'll be at E-Oregon Now December 7th. We'll be at um, the Salem Holiday Market December 14th and 15th. We'll be at Renegade Craft December 21st and 22nd. Cool. I'm going to be at a lot of those things, too, so I get to see you again. I'll be at Eat Oregon now, too. (laughs) Yay. And we'll have all of the new Getting Your Recipe to Market folks there. Oh, Oh, perfect. That's super exciting. I love tasting all that new stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. We record Masonia Marshall inside of Ned Space. Tune in live every Friday. Next week, we will have a pre-recorded show because it is a holiday weekend. Yes. Um, But you can get our episodes on SoundCloud now, so find those there under Meaningful Marketplace. Thank you to our audio engineer, Alon, and our production assistant, Chelsea. If you want to be on the show, go ahead and visit StartupRadioNetwork.com and submit.
something to let us know you want to be here. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye. Bye. Committed to serving Oregonians with the mission of advancing science that lives at the crossroads of conservation and production, Oregon State University's College of Agricultural Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are inspired by the creativity of new food development. We strive to find new flavors, new economic opportunities, new experiences, and honor diversity. We are proud sponsors of the Meaningful Marketplace because good food brings people together. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen. Learn. Launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.